everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm back with another installment of the News of the Month series on the Care Reviews podcast. This is where I talk about a few different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. Each of the stories you'll be hearing me talk about have been divided into four separate categories. The first set of them is about a very important milestone. Back in October of last year, I reported about how I managed to receive over 1,000 plays on the Care Reviews podcast altogether. That was definitely something to celebrate. Though just last month, on March 1st, I was very thrilled to wake up that morning to find that the podcast has now reached over 2,000 plays altogether. It's so incredible to see how much my show has been gaining traction within these past few months, which is probably thanks to people having a bit more time to listen to podcasts lately because of this pandemic. Once again... A huge thank you to everyone who's been listening, as well as those who've been on the show since I earned 1,000 plays. Scott Speck, Brian Woods, Laurel Harris, Sydney Leighton Sean Stern, John Francois, Howie Zales, and Kieran B. of Best Picture Cast. This next set of news stories is about Broadway. As the whole world is slowly coming out of this pandemic, people have been figuring out ways of having live performances resume. Though New York City in particular is now looking to see the reopening of Broadway sometime in the fall, which of course is subject to change. However, the main point of this discussion is actually about a couple of stage projects that have been announced based off of some popular properties. Fresh off of the success of the acclaimed television miniseries adaptation on Netflix, production company Level Forward has acquired the theatrical stage rights to Walter Tevis's 1983 novel The Queen's Gambit to turn it into a stage musical, although no creative team nor timeline has been revealed yet. I've never read the novel, but I was definitely one of millions of people who caught the miniseries. I will say that it should be very interesting to see how the creative team that'll end up getting hired for this project adapts the story into a two-and-a-half-hour-something stage musical. Given that the Netflix adaptation was a miniseries, the people involved with that didn't have to make as many compromises to the 243-page source material. Therefore, the story got to be more or less covered in about seven hours worth of television. Comparisons to the miniseries could be inevitable because of the whole differences between how you can tell a story in long-form television and how you can tell a story in a stage musical. Again, no creative team nor timeline has been announced yet, so this project probably has long ways to go before audiences get to see it up on a theater stage. In other news, producers Simon Painter and Tim Lawson, in partnership with Kilburn Live, have announced plans for a stage adaptation based on the pop culture juggernaut Game of Thrones. Author George R. R. Martin is working alongside award-winning playwright Duncan Macmillan and acclaimed UK director Dominic Cook on this project. Personally, I have no attachment to Game of Thrones at all. I've never read any of the novels, and I've never seen the popular HBO series, though I heard that it was great up until the final season. However, it does appear to me that this project was inspired by the worldwide success of the Harry Potter stage play The Cursed Child. If that is the case, then it should be interesting to see if this Game of Thrones play achieves anywhere near the level of commercial success Harry Potter and The Cursed Child has received, especially given that the Harry Potter property overall has had more appeal towards a family-friendly audience, while Game of Thrones has had more appeal towards an adult audience. In any case, we shall see how this project turns out all around. 
This next news story is about Steven Spielberg. One of the most successful and best filmmakers of all time has been working for decades. He has made about 32 feature-length movies as director, and now it looks like he has his 33rd lined up. What is it, you may ask? Well, Steven Spielberg is set to collaborate with screenwriter Tony Kushner for the fourth time following 2005's Munich, 2012's Lincoln, and the upcoming West Side Story reboot for an original film that is loosely based on the former's childhood growing up in Arizona. Which is interesting because Spielberg has expressed in countless interviews before that 1982's E.T. the Extraterrestrial is his most personal movie, partly because it was inspired by his own childhood. Not only that, but he has also talked about how growing up in Arizona was an inspiration for so many of his films, from the actual characters to the themes of the stories. In fact, for those who haven't seen the 2017 HBO documentary titled Spielberg, I highly recommend checking it out, as that definitely dives into the filmmaking legend's past and career. Though this narrative feature film in particular will be the first time he'll give his perspective on his early years himself. Even though it's supposed to be semi-autobiographical, what's also worth noting about this movie is that Spielberg is also apparently co-writing the script with Tony Kushner as well. The interesting thing about that is Spielberg doesn't usually write screenplays. He received sole story credit on 1973's Ace. Eli and Roger of the Skies shared story credit on 1974's The Sugarland Express, which was his theatrical feature directorial debut, and sole story credit on 1985's The Goonies, which was produced by his production company Amblin. Though when it comes to the actual scripts, his only prior credits there include writing 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which he also directed, co-writing 1982's Poltergeist, for which he received sole story. Credit and writing 2001's AI artificial intelligence, which he also directed. I guess when it comes to this film in particular, it probably does make the most sense for Spielberg to be involved with the writing of it, given how personal the story is to him, since it is loosely based on his childhood. Casting already appears to be underway, as Michelle Williams is set to play an original character inspired by Spielberg's mother, while Seth Rogen is set to play an original character inspired by his favorite uncle. Now, if this was Between 1998 and 2003, when Dawson's Creek was on the air, and someone told me that Michelle Williams was gonna go on to become one of the best and most respected actresses in the business, I probably would have had a hard time believing that. Yet she has successfully managed to come so far from her days on that popular teen drama series to earn four Oscar nominations, a Tony nomination, and an Emmy win for her portrayal as Gwen Verdon in the FX miniseries Fosse Verdon, as well as getting to work with so. Many high-profile directors such as Ang Lee, Martin Scorsese, Ridley Scott, and now Steven Spielberg. The same could probably be said about Seth Rogen, given that the world has mainly come to know him as a comedian. Though he's also proven to be quite capable of being a dramatic actor in movies like 2011's Fifty Fifty, which, to be fair, was a dramedy, so he also got to display his comedic chops there as well. And 2015's Steve Jobs. Now Steven Spielberg is looking to cast the remaining roles, which includes children at multiple age levels. One of which will play the part inspired by himself when he was a kid. For our final subject, I'd like to take this moment to remember three industry veterans we've lost within this past month. 
Actor George Siegel died of complications from bypass surgery on March 23rd at the age of 87. Here was someone who had appeared on Broadway four times from 1961 through 1999. Though general audiences may know who he was from his film work in 1966's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, 1973's A Touch of Class, where he starred opposite Glenda Jackson, and 1996's The Mirror Has Two Faces, which was. Directed by and starring Barbara Streisand on television, he was best known as a series regular on different sitcoms such as Just Shoot Me, which ran from 1997 through 2003 on NBC, and The Goldbergs, which has been running on ABC since 2013. Actress Jessica Walter died on March 24th at the age of 80, although no cause of death has been revealed. She was someone who had appeared on Broadway six times over the course of 50 years. However, general audiences may know who she was from her Golden Globe-nominated performance in 1971's play *Misty for Me*, which was directed by and starring Clint Eastwood. Her Emmy-winning performance on NBC's short-lived drama series from the 1970s, *Amy Prentice*, in 1984's *The Flamingo Kid*, which was co-written and directed by Gary Marshall, and her role as Lucille Bluth on *Arrested Development*. Writer Larry McMurtry died of a congestive heart failure on March 25th at the age of 84. He was not only one of the two Oscar-winning screenwriters behind 2005's *Brokeback Mountain*, but he was also the author of several novels that eventually became Oscar-winning films. Among them were *Horseman Passby*, which had a 1963 movie adaptation under the title of *Hood*, that won two acting prizes for Patricia Neal and Melvin Douglas. *The Last Picture Show*, which had a 1971 film adaptation that won two acting prizes for Ben Johnson and Cloris Leachman, and *Terms of Endearment*, which had a 1983 film adaptation that won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. My condolences definitely go out to all of their families. So that just about does it for the news of this month. I will be back on May 3rd to discuss any bits of entertainment news stories that I found interesting and/or important from April. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com/carereviewspodcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.